Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network and everywhere else that he gets the job done covering the Bucks, Justin Garcia, for today's episode that is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Justin, the Bucks' undefeated run at Summer League has come to an end. They lost to the Brooklyn Nets 97. 91 and I will say it was an interesting day for the Bucks earlier on it was announced that Milwaukee had signed Yorgos Kalitzakis and by the way I, I keep saying this but if I'm not saying that correctly our Greek friends please correct me but Kalitzakis I believe is the way it's pronounced but Yorgos was signed we'll get into the details of that deal in a little bit but the interesting thing with him joining this group for this game was that we went from watching three guys with uh, Mamu Kalashvili, Jordan Wara, Mamadi Diakite, and now we had your ghost to watch as well. So there was four guys to take a keen interest in in this game. But the Bucks go down, as I mentioned, 97-91. We don't really care about the results. What did you take away from this one? Anything in particular stand out to you, Justin? Um, wow, so uh, Theo Pinson is out of the uh, intrigue now. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> this is um, yeah, and Knicks fans would tell you the same. This, this is at least an interesting summer league, and it feels like we haven't had these in, geez, uh, maybe like eight years, where there's more than really just one guy that you're interested in seeing. Like, we've had them where it was hanging the hopes on DJ Wilson and Dante DiVincenzo and, and, you know, Thon Maker, where you were just getting one of your young players that came through that you were really clinging to because of the way that this team was built, where all the roles were kind of defined. And they still are, but it's getting to be an older team. And, you know, Jordan Wara, when you look at what he's done throughout the summer with uh, the offense he displayed in the Olympics and now, again, taking 26 shots in their second uh, summer league game, we saw it last year during the regular season that he can score, but as we all know, the way to not only find minutes, but keep those minutes and expand them with Bud is, as he always says, making winning plays without scoring. So you need to rebound and play defense. So that's, I think, what we all should be watching from Jordan Wara at times, although who plays defense in summer league? So that's kind of hard to gauge, but it's, it's just a nice change of pace to have Jordan Wara and to have you know Mamu who I don't think any of us have high expectations for him this year but he's a guy that at least is somewhat intriguing that there's you know three or so guys that we're talking about of okay they could see a little bit of an expanded role so I have a little more interest in the summer league than I would have in years past yeah I would, I would agree with that and you did mention Jordan Wara so we may as well start right there and you know, I set the over and under for Frank at 28.5 shots. He had 28, point, uh, 28 field goal attempts in the first summer league game against the Clippers. 
He fell just short. Nine for 26 from the field. One for 11 from three. Overall, the Bucks were were pretty awful from three, which, uh, you know, we've come to come to be used to that, actually. Look at that five for 25 line. It's like an old old comfy chair. We sit right back in to watch the Bucks uh, brick a bunch of threes. But Jordan Wara was one for 11 in this one. Certainly not shy. He's got the green light here in Summer League, as he should. He finished with 22 points, uh, six rebounds, and he had those six assists. The Allen Knight and Frank had the stat where he only had seven assists for the total of the 2020-21 season. Then he had those six assists in the first Summer League game. Well, he was back to zero assists in this one. Jordan Wara there. And, and of course, it does hurt, hurt when uh, no one else is making shots. But Jordan Wara, uh, you know, at least he finished a couple of times around the basket. He was actually eight for 15 from two-point range. Got to the free throw line a couple of times there as well. And again... I mentioned this on the podcast the other day, but when I'm watching him play, I know that he can he can bang threes. I know he's going to take those shots. I know he can shoot those jump shots. I am a little bit more interested in what we're starting to see a little bit more. Again, we saw it through the Olympics. We saw it again tonight, that he can flip the ball in with some difficult shots closer to the basket. Now, I don't know how realistic it is to expect that that would translate against NBA defenses, but we've seen it a little bit now. And he had a couple of couple more tough finishes, used the glass a couple of times there as well. And I do think that he's going to have to add that uh, if he wants to long-term become a legitimate rotation player in the NBA. But he got his points. We expect that. But 22 points on 26 shots, uh, not exactly efficient. Uh, no, and it's, um, it, it's the difficulty of Summer League that I kind of talked about just a couple of minutes ago where you the things that you would ordinarily watch for and say, well, I want to see how the player does this and how they acclimate themselves with a team and how does he find his teammates? None of that happens in summer league where we always joke about it with uh, the G league that it's, you know, the best guys are the ones that are taking the shots and looking to really showcase themselves to move up a line. And it's the same in major league baseball as well. When you look at a double A and triple A, but in the summer league, it feels like it's even more, heightened that this is a showcase for the best second tier players and this is their chance to say okay I'm going to crack the rotation or I'm going to find some more minutes with this team or latch on elsewhere and it's really difficult to look for the things that I think we all should pay attention to with Jordan Wara and that's just the rest of it because we know as as you pointed to he's going to be able to score He's going to be able to get off his shot, as we saw in the regular season. But, yeah, it's, it's how else can he score. And some of those plays that we saw around the basket in the Olympics and scoring with the offhand, things of that nature, you don't really see as much of it in the summer league. So it's, it's more difficult for guys like Jordan Warren, I think, for guys too like Mamadi and, uh, and even Mamu, who we've mentioned a couple of times now. So it's easy to just look at the box score in summer league and say, man, Jordan Wara was over 20 again. And, and he's at what, I think 52 points or so through these two games, which is great. But I just, it's the gift and the curse of summer league of you can have an impressive showing, but I'm still not really sure what we're getting from it. There was an interview on the broadcast with Milt Newton. And this I, I found kind of interesting and sort of follows up exactly what you were just saying. And I think the question came from, Uh, Seth Greenberg, who was on the ESPN call. And he asked, 
you know, how do you sort of balance what guys are going to want to do in summer league, but then also try and get them to play team basketball so you can really evaluate? Because to me, to my untrained scouting eye, by the way, I, I look at summer league sometimes, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching here. Guys are right. just taking the ball to the basket. They're just jacking up shots. It's a bit of a mess. And I understand it from an individual point why these guys would play like that. I mean, they're playing for their career. So I always think it's a fascinating balance. But what Milt said that I I thought kind of curious was he said, well, we just tell the guys, look, these are the guys we have on our main NBA roster. They're better than you. So how are you going to play alongside these guys? These are the things that you've got to do, whether it's set screens, make the right pass, run the floor and transition, defend all these different things. That's the attitude they have to take with those guys. And yeah, it's I, I think for a player like, Jordan Wara, for instance, it's a little bit different here because he's clearly the go-to scorer. But maybe it is for someone like Mamadi Diakite or or Mamu, who's out there right now and looking at this roster and saying, okay, well, I've got a two-way spot. How can I take advantage of this? How can I play within the team? And I think it's a good transition to talk about Mamu again. Of course, we are going to get to Yorgos, particularly the contract stuff, in a little bit here because I do think that was the fascinating news of the day. But I want to talk about the on-court stuff first. Mamu in this game, again, only three for six from the field. So he only took eight shots in game one, only six in this one. So he's certainly not uh, selfish when it's looking to to score the ball himself. But he did have 10 points, eight rebounds, uh, and three of those came in the offensive glass. So he's had nine offensive rebounds in two games, which stands out to me. He also picked up a steal and had a block in this game. He was only minus three, despite the fact they lost the game by six there. So look, I thought, again... For the second straight game, and look, we can talk about the defensive stuff. You know, I I don't think there's any illusion here that he's going to be a lockdown defender. Is he able to be a guy that can switch between positions? Who knows? I mean, realistically, we are talking about a guy that's got a two-way contract anyway. But I thought today the thing that I liked watching Mamu a little bit more than what we saw in the first game was that he actually took the ball coast-to-coast a little bit more in this game. We didn't see that as much against the Clippers and... It was one thing I, I guess we were at least curious about. Now, I don't know what the future is for this guy as a 6'11 point guard, for instance. I don't think that's necessarily what he's going to play. But again, we did see that this guy is super athletic for his size. He's got pretty good handles. Again, he, he flashed a couple of those right hand, which again is his offhand, those cross-court yeah. passes there once he gets in the post. Um, he's got a pretty quick spin move for a big guy when he puts the ball on the floor i got to be honest, I, I've got pretty low expectations for all these guys, really, for what they, they will do with the team this season. But as far as just pure fun factor watching Summer League, I reckon he's pretty fun. I've had a good time watching Mamu so far. Yeah, I'm uh, in the opposite boat. I have, I have very high expectations. I think uh, Mamadi <laughs> is, is going to eventually replace Brooke this fair, season. Yeah, fair, and Jordan Wara <laughs> is going to start for uh, Dante. But yeah, I mean... Um, Jordan Wara, I think, has had the most attention and most eyeballs coming into this just because it seemed logical that of the guys in-house, he would be the one you would lean on to take a step forward. And we saw his ability to score in the minutes that he did get last year. But then you, you look at what he did in the Olympics and just how we've seen progression of some of the younger guys. He was the guy with the target on his back of, okay, maybe not necessarily starting or you know scoring double figures, but we're expecting more from Jordan Wara this season. So I think we've all paid the most attention to him, but I think our eyes have gravitated towards Mamu with everything that he's been able to do. He had the block, obviously, at the end of the game in game one and that pass that 
you know, you talked about him showing it off a couple of times. And, you know, that is one of the plays that really grabbed your attention of, okay, now I'm very interested in what this guy can do to whip that bullet pass with his offhand. Those are the things that he's going to have to do. Like we said that Bud always talks about what you need to do, find ways to set up your teammates and make those winning plays without scoring. Um, defensively, there's still a lot of questions, but if he can be any type of facilitator and just a guy that you know doesn't get burned and can fit in in limited minutes in that team defense, assuming he gets those opportunities, as you mentioned, he's on two-way, but he's the guy that I've been – very intrigued with just to see there's obviously still a lot of untapped skill there that he's, he still has a lot of raw ability, but you've seen some of those flashes of, okay, it, it kind of, I think has to be treated the same way as, as Jordan and Sam, where I think we all maybe wished for more last year, just because they were on the roster. And then you realize, okay, well, they're on the roster because of where the bucks were in the hard cap situation. So it's going to be a progression there's a lot of that intrigue with Mamu from what we've seen in just two games in the summer league of if he can kind of hone in on some of this stuff and continue to develop that playmaking ability. And again, defense is going to be the biggest thing, but you're starting to see some of those flashes of not necessarily this year, but maybe next year in another summer league, this could be a guy that you have something in a rotation player. All right, Justin, we've got a new sponsor on the show. It's Sweat Block, and specifically today, we're going to be talking about Sweat Block Wipes. Now, if you're a guy that, that sweats a little bit, and I got to tell you, as someone that spent a couple of, uh, I would say the beginning of summers in Milwaukee, the humidity, the heat, maybe it's just coming out of winter, I'm not sure, but I was sweating like an absolute maniac, but the good thing about sweat block wipes are that they uh, doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use, and there is a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Uh, the product has been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters, and I would imagine firefighters are sweating a little bit. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews and manufactured in the USA. So the beauty of sweat block wipes is that you get to wear what you want to wear you don't have to be changing colors shirts or whatever it is because you're worried about sweating the sweat block wipes will get the job done this is a must-have for everyone's toiletry toiletry bag whether it's a big presentation a hot date everyone can benefit so the deal we have for you guys and you know that we're always going to have a deal and if you have someone you love that is dealing with this you have to get them to check out sweat block get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. And then uh, a sponsor, a great friend of ours that you've definitely heard me talk about before, Rock Auto, because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home. They're also in your pocket on your phone. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices 
all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. In some ways, it's almost a shame that he's a two-way, but I think we learned last year that if you are expecting these guys to really break into the rotation, and I've got Jordan War as a little bit of a wild card. There is potential that I guess he could, but it's still not my expectation just looking at the guys that they have. But I tell you what, I'll be watching the Wisconsin herd this season if Mamu is going to be down there. That's for sure. He uh, again, he is a pretty entertaining player to watch. It's just well, really he, interesting, just a rare skill set. Yeah, and and uh, the point that you made um, in that interview with with Milt Newton too is a good one. And I know I, I mentioned it a couple of times uh, last year that you you do wonder. Obviously, Sam's not with the team, but guys like Sam and Mamadi and Jordan Wara, you do wonder. Uh, how much of their growth, I wouldn't even say was stunted, but they didn't reach the full level of it last year because of the situation with the G League. And we can talk about, you know, Summer League just being primarily chuckers that are going out there to display them, themselves and their skill and try to get noticed. But, you know, if we look back to the spot that those three guys were in last year with the herd not being a part of the G League bubble, that's really tough to kind of acclimate yourself to that where it's tough for the players and it's tough for the team too, because they had no say over how those guys were used, what minutes they were played, what situations they were put in, what the offense was that was run for them, that they were just kind of loaned out to other teams. So, you know, not that it would be a massive difference or all of a sudden Jordan Wara could be, you know, a sixth or seventh man. I'm not trying to say that, but you do wonder how much they were hurt last year to not have that experience of, okay, they're not playing let's get them those consistent reps with a team where we control. This is the style we're going to play. We want to play these guys X amount of minutes and we want to play them together. They didn't have the opportunity to do that last year. So I don't plug my work too often, Justin, but it's interesting. You talk about the G league stuff and I, I had a couple of stories dropped today at ESPN. You can you know, I'll put them on my Twitter, but you, you can probably track them down with Chase Buford. who was the coach of the Wisconsin herd. Now he's yeah. coming out to Australia uh, to coach Sydney, but he was on the Bucks bench throughout the playoff run. And he spoke a lot about the fact that those guys, even though uh, the G League was cancelled, they were still sort of the guys he was looking after and Jordan Wara and, and Diakite and, and obviously Sam Merrill when he was there as well. And the one thing that really stood out to me, he said with Jordan Wara, I mean, he was just injured all season, which was kind of under the radar. We didn't really know that. Um, so he said that he believes if he can stay healthy through this offseason, obviously take advantage of the Olympic Summer League, build some momentum. He might actually just be in better shape. He just thought throughout the season uh, he wasn't in the best shape through no fault of his own there. And I think uh, the one thing we've built a fair amount of trust in with the Bucks over the last few seasons is certainly uh, the medical team there. So it would be cool if Jordan Moore had another level he could get to just purely from being healthy. Uh, sometimes we don't really realize those things uh, watching from afar, particularly last year when things were so strange. So dear Kite, well, I mean, you joked about him taking over Brooke Lopez's spot. I tell you what, he's going to struggle to take anyone's spot if he keeps getting thrown out of games. He got ejected from this game in the second quarter. A bit of a swinging arm that uh, caught Reggie Perry in the, in the face. I think it was a fair ejection. There's no doubt about that. But the one thing we have seen from Mamadi Diakite so far is that he's a pretty fiery character when he's on the court, which is so funny because, again, just going back to that, that interview I had with Chase Buford and talking about Diakite, one of the things he actually said is, I, I think Mamadi sometimes needs to be a little bit more serious. He's, he's mucking around a little bit too much. If he takes it a, little, uh, a bit more serious, it might help him. But certainly on the court, he's pretty fiery. We saw that 
that big flagrant he picked up during the Brooklyn series in the postseason. Now in this Brooklyn game in the summer league, he's been thrown out. Maybe he actually just hates the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, hey, it's good to, uh, to get that rivalry going early so the Bucks not wasting any time to start in the summer league with it. He, he, you know, Mamadi is interesting that I, I know I joked and, and we certainly heard quite a bit of it last year when Mamadi was the rage for a couple of weeks and we had people well, even our asking. Guy, it was our guy, Jake Reitz. Yeah, we, we always bring it up. I mean, he, was, he, he basically he personally started the Mamadi Diakite craze with Bucks fans, which, you know, he deserves some credit for that. Yeah, it's, it's funny because um, we were kind of talking about a, a different name as you look at the roster and, and your point too about uh, Jordan Wara and just realistically what is available for Jordan Wara this season is a good one because, you know, when we look at what the Bucks did, I think it's kind of under the radar that they're pretty much set and that's without Jordan Wara where you don't even have to factor him in. And that's assuming that you get the contributions that I think they're anticipating from semi Ojale. And I think the big X factor is, the health of a guy like Rodney Hood is likely going to determine what is available for a Jordan Wara here. But Mamadi is interesting because, uh, look, I'm still not saying he is anywhere near the finished product or he's a guy that we absolutely have to give X amount of minutes to. But if you just look at the young guys and say, who has the clearest path, when you look at the roster, it still feels like they're a little light in the front court that I know they basically got by with this group last year. And obviously there's no PJ Tucker, but uh, it's clear that Pat is really your three, four in the uh, off the bench, I should say with Thanasis kind of up in the air right now that we all assumed he'd be back. That really changes things. And, you know, semi Ogilvy is is probably going to be in that same mold as Pat Connaughton, we would assume, but it still feels like they could use another big to play behind Brooke and Bobby Portis. And, you know, when you look at what's out there, it's, it's safe to say they're not going to do anything that really the only move would be to bring back the that to me, it's, if you just said who has a chance to earn more minutes than we would have expected, I guess I would begrudgingly say it's, it's Mamadi just because of what's in front of him with just Brooke and, uh, and Bobby Portis basically. So if the Bucks suffer an injury there, that gives him a pretty big opportunity that, you know, even for Jordan, when we talk about maybe there'll be some more minutes there for him early in the season with, we assume Dante DiVincenzo out, there's still guys like George Hill. You can play more. And Rodney hood. We talked about granted coming off of injury, but Rodney hood is a guy that you're certainly going to lean on and Pat. So there's still some roadblocks in front of Jordan Wara, but in terms of the, the front court, there's somewhat of a chance here for Mamadi. And it, it looks, you and I were kind of, or I was joking about it. It looks like he has bulked up a little. Not, not that it's still to the level where you want him to be, but it looks like he's put on a little bit of size here for the summer league. And that, I think, is going to be the biggest thing, that he's still going to continue to fill out and going to need to add size. But that's the interesting part of Mamadi to me is, yeah, we obviously hope it doesn't happen, but it still feels like they're a little thin in the front court. And if an injury occurs or anything else where you just need to give guys more minutes, it may be Mamadi that has the path to more minutes of all those young guys we're talking about. 
Time for a note from betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. The Brewers continue to roll. The Oakland Athletics continue to roll. The A's have won six in a row. They're 18 games over 500. It's party time. We're heading towards the Brewers and Oakland World Series. Everyone's excited. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So when you look at the roster crunch, I think this is a good time to move into the chat about Khaled Zarkas, who signed a three-year deal with the Bucks today, which I think for most people was a massive shock. I mean, this pick in general was a shock. There's no doubt about that. Not many people knew too much about him. I think even on draft night, all the guys were a little bit shocked. Now, when you dig a little bit deeper, I don't think we should be you know, overly surprised. Shares the same agent as Giannis. He's Greek. So some sort of favor being done here. I think that it's fair to assume that that was the case. Even still, I think a lot of people assumed that it was going to be a two-way deal. Now, there was some confusion there, and I know a lot of people have been uh, you know, uh, working through this today. Obviously, Frank is, is the number one man when it comes to the cap stuff and the, the CBA and those types of things. Mitchell Maurer, who we have on the podcast a lot, also was the first one that I saw that messaged in our DM and said, well... He had an international buyout, which meant that he wasn't able to sign a two-way deal, which it appears that that is the case. So that would explain why he got the, the spot on the main roster and Mamu picked up the two-way spot, even though you know, perhaps there would be more interest in Mamu having the, the regular uh, roster spot there. But the deal overall, uh, I know the wording of this is it's kind of, when people see, well, Yorgos got part of the, the taxpayer MLE, people get really frustrated about it. I mean, I was kind of laughing at some of the reactions that people were really actually angry about it because it's like, okay, well, first of all, let's look at this from two angles. If Giannis signed that Supermax and said, hey, by the way, the 15th roster spot, maybe you're going to do a favor for my agent moving forward. Now, I'm not saying that he said that. But even if he did, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, sure, sign here for five years. You get whatever you want. We don't really care. We know Thanasis has been on the roster as well. We're still waiting to see what happens with him. But it just, to me, was not something, being, not something worth being that angry about. And the other point is, it's essentially a minimum deal anyway. So you can say that it's a taxpayer MLE. They used some of that. It meant it, meant it was a multi-year deal. But in terms of the money amounts, it's, it's not... It's not anything more than a minimum deal. He's actually only guaranteed, this is per Keith Smith, he's actually only guaranteed 900000 in 21-22. Uh, sorry, 460000 in 21-22, 780 in 22-23, and then the third year is actually fully non-guaranteed. So, yeah, it's essentially a, a minimum deal. I think you might look at it and say that it's, it's, a, it's frustrating or it's a shame that he had to be put on the main roster, but ultimately I don't think it matters. We've already spoke about the depth that the Bucks have. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be playing either way. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as opening impressions go in summer league, though, he was pretty good. 19 minutes, 12 points, only on five shots, got to the free throw line. He was six for seven there, had three assists as well. So, you know, again, the, the, the on-court stuff, I'm just curious as guys that are on the main roster to see how they look. He didn't look out of place, that's for, that's for sure. But again, projecting ahead and expecting that he's going to bring anything to the, to the table would be kind of ridiculous anyway. But personally, 
just not that bothered by the situation. Uh, by the fact that uh, you used part of the mid-level you're saying or just overall? Yeah, I mean, well, the I mid-level we—it's—it's it's whatever it is. It was a minimum right. anyway. I mean, it's—it's it's yeah. not like he's get—it's not like he's on the Pat Connaughton deal or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, because of everything we just went through with the international a buyout that he had to have. I mean, yeah, you would have assumed it would have been flipped, but there's still going to be. It doesn't change the way that you would use either of the two guys in uh, Georgios or Mamu and. I would venture to guess we'll see quite a bit of both of them in the G League playing for the Wisconsin Herd this year. So it's it's on paper it looks like whoa they they did this, but yeah I'm I'm not bothered by it either. And you know really I know you guys have talked about it a little bit, but I mean for where we were at the start of free agency when you started to see how the day unfolded that day one, and there was this growing sense of okay here we go that this team won a championship and now. Are they not willing to spend money? But, I mean, they have the third highest tax bill. And I think the move to bring in George Hill and really upgrade your backcourt there really changed things as well. So, overall, we can be disappointed that P.J. Tucker is no longer here. And, and we've gone over it ad nauseum and, and what he brings and how he allowed you to do things differently. But, overall, I think it's still a good offseason that this team had. It would have been great if you could have retained P.J., but everything else that they did, including these moves – I think it's a good off season that they put together. So, um, you know, you have the benefit as, as Brian Windhorst says, winning championships means you don't have to apologize. So you have that benefit as a champion. And now, you know, we've talked about this for the last couple of years, this team has been in, I guess, an unenviable spot where you don't really have a whole lot of draft capital to work with. You don't have a lot of, cheap contracts and young guys that you're working with here that most of this core is starting to reach around 30 and get to that age. So it was really vital to try and accumulate as many of those as you could. And that's why moves that we saw in draft night to get more second round picks and allow you um, more cracks at it there, but also more importantly to get more assets that you can move for trades like we saw for PJ Tucker and even Nico Miritich. Uh, I think it's just most important that this team continues to do that. And as we said at the top, it does feel like they at least have some interesting young guys. And it, it, it seems like we haven't been at that spot really since the Thon Maker Malcolm Brogdon year where you had multiple young guys that you said, okay, maybe there is something in each of these guys here. And now you have at least some intrigue with guys like Jordan and I guess Mamadi as well. And, and who knows with uh, the two second round picks that you have this year as well. So perhaps the the curious thing just for those that take a keen interest in what the luxury tax is going to look like, and Frank tweeted this out again, he's the go-to obviously for anything uh, that we talk about the cap here, and he says, uh, this was a tweet from Frank a few hours ago, he says, while Yorgo's deal is for the minimum and lightly guaranteed, it's definitely notable to give this, the number 60 pick a roster spot and incur an extra $3 million in taxes when the Bucks only gave the 54 pick a two-way slot which costs uh, one-third of the price and has no tax penalty. It pays to choose the right agent, and that's what he says. Now, of course, I mean, we've already clarified the fact that uh, you weren't able to give him a two-way spot. Uh, But as Frank rightly points out, the international buyout and the way it went down and the fact that they drafted him in the first place probably has cost Mamu 
uh, a main roster spot and a little bit more money as well. So it's a, it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shame for him. And it is just curious that uh, the Bucks have proceeded after all the talk we've had about uh, are they being cheap? What's going on here? What's going on with the luxury tax? They've just picked up another uh, chunk of uh, luxury tax bills here on a guy that I don't think anyone expects is going to play. Uh, any meaningful minutes this season. So it's at least interesting just to see the process here. And I, I think overall, as we as we can wrap up this show here, the roster now is at 15 guys, uh, not including Tanasis. So the, the two vulnerable players that we continue to talk about, obviously Elijah Bryant and Mamadi Diakite. Elijah Bryant is in Vegas. So I think he's got some sort of injury there. Um, that's, that's, that's the word anyway. But I, I don't know what's going to happen with Elijah Bryan or Mamadi Diakite or Thanasis. There were some people on Twitter saying, well, could you give him a two-way? You could. Uh, I don't know whether that would be what Thanasis would be really looking for or his camp or Giannis, given that he was playing you know, real rotation minutes last season. So I'm still under I the also... impression... I'm still under the impression Thanasis will be back. He's in Vegas with the guys as well. I'm still looking a little bit anxiously over at the roster spot Elijah Bryan is holding, but we will see. Yeah, and I mean, that's also uh, no knock on Thanasis, but that's not uh, what you use the two-way spots for. And it seems like the Bucks kind of went down that path uh, the first year of, of two-way deals and, and learned from that. So I wouldn't anticipate that to uh, happen. I know you wouldn't either, but um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because you know, it does seem like there's a um, there's a decent amount of people that I follow that um, I wouldn't say think super highly of Elijah Bryant, but he's a guy that a number of people uh, whose opinions I respect think this guy has a chance. Maybe not this year, but in a year or two, this guy has a chance to be a rotational guard in the NBA. And I mean, we can joke about it now, but we saw Bud lean on him at times in the playoffs, which raised eyebrows from all of us. So that's going to be uh, really interesting is how you balance. What do we do here? Because I think as you pointed to it, it would be him in much more jeopardy than it would be uh, Mamadi, but it's just, we're all, I, I feel like in the same boat of, I will believe Thanasis will not be a part of the team next year when the season tips off and actually when the season finishes and he has never been in a Bucks uniform that I think we've all kind of assumed as long as Giannis is here, Thanasis is going to be on the team. Well, I've said this before. If he's not on the roster, he, you have to make sure he's in the building, get him season tickets courtside next to the bench, whatever you have to do, make sure Thanasis is around because uh, he's good for the team. He's good for Giannis and, uh, and we all love him. We want him around the team. So uh, hopefully something works out there. And I think, the one thing we've learned here as we've watched this offseason go with Yorgos now on the main roster, Thanasis probably on the main roster, that uh, by the year 2028, the Milwaukee Bucks are just going to be the Greek national team, which is going to be uh, interesting to see there how that all plays out. But well, he, he could be an assistant because didn't Ben Sullivan just leave? So there you go. Maybe get him on the bench. Yeah, I'm not sure how Bard would... Uh, Bard and Thanasis would get along in those coaching meetings, but uh, we will see. I'll remind everyone about the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I think we can wrap it up there. It's summer league. Let's not overexert ourselves. We're kind of in the off season. We're going to chill a little bit, Justin. Yeah, um, 
I will, uh, I'll be on standby for the uh, inevitable Jordan Wara, either 40 point game or Mamadi 30 point game. That's, that's when you put out the bat signal and that's when everything changes. Yes, uh, one day off and then another Friday afternoon game. So similar today, an afternoon game in Vegas. It's against Minnesota again. Uh, that tip-off time is at 3 p.m. Who knows what channel they put these summer league games on, but you guys can figure it out. Uh, it's pretty simple for me. I just watch on league pass. But Bucks and Timberwolves, uh, Bucks really looking to uh, stop the losing skid in Vegas. Hopefully they can do that. We'll, of course, have a podcast for you guys after that game. So until that day... Everyone relax, stay safe, enjoy yourself. Justin and myself, we'll catch you guys then.